our, our lead pastor couldn't be with us this morning. Uh, I found out at midnight. He texted me at midnight. He is, um, let's see, he texted me at midnight, and I believe at 5.30 this morning, his, his, his uh, 2 o'clock in the afternoon flight got canceled. So then the associate pastor got the call at midnight that you're preaching tomorrow, or today, I guess, what, what it was, what it was. So, um, so I am here. And uh, Pastor Eugene did, um, he did preach, he was going to preach about being on a boat, um, but instead his flight got canceled. He's actually going to get on his boat even earlier. And, uh, but I do want to thank the craters for bringing in, the, uh, bringing in this boat. I know this wasn't easy. Can we, can we give them a hand for bringing that in? And, uh, you know, I just, I just love our, our pastors, don't you? I just, I'm so thankful for our, for our godly pastors. They are on a boat, uh, or they're not on a boat yet, but they're going to be on a boat. We sent them on a boat as a church for their 25th wedding anniversary, celebrating 25 years. Isn't that awesome? And I'm just so honored. If it's your first time, I just want you to know you're at a great church, and we have great leadership, great pastoral staff, and I'm so thankful, me and my wife, and uh, just to be under their leadership and their integrity and their honor. We love them. We're just so thankful for them. And we pray. I've been praying for them. Pray for them this, these two weeks. You know, there's a lot of pressure being a senior pastor. There's a lot of weight. He really does care about every single one of you. And, uh, and that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a burden that uh, not many men can carry. And so we're excited that they get two weeks away on a boat. Hopefully they're going to stay away from their phones and uh, come back with more energy, more enthusiasm. We're just so thankful for Pastor and for Laura. And for Pastor Laura, my name is Glenn Wolf. I'm the campus pastor. I'm one of the one of the staff pastors here at City Church, and I'm glad to be with you this morning. If you could turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 14, Luke chapter 14, verse 15. Luke Luke chapter 14, uh, verse 15. And uh, I want you to open up your hearts today, because I want to speak to your heart today about what I believe the heart of God is for you, and 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 for this church and for this city. Um, and so even as you're, even as you're um, allowing God to speak to you this morning, I would challenge you to come with, from that kind of frame of mindset, that God, what is your heart for me today? Uh, and so if you're there at Luke chapter 14, uh, verse 15, we're picking up, and Jesus is at a prominent man's house. Um, he was an upper echelon Pharisee. Uh, if, if I could put it in modern day vernacular, it would be, he was probably like a congressman, you know what I'm saying? He would be somebody that was established, somebody that had some, um, some rep, uh, somebody that people looked up to. And Jesus was invited over to their house to, to dine at this, at this feast at a, at a table. And, um, and so we pick up here in verse 15 when a man uh, talks to him. And uh, verse 15 says, One of the men said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God, talking about heaven. Jesus replied, uh, he said about that, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited. He said, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. Have you ever had anybody make excuses? Do not look at your spouse right now. <laughs> but they all began to make excuses. The verse said, I, I, I've just bought a field. I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I'll be busy. Uh, please excuse me. Uh, verse 21, the servant came back and reported this to the master. He says, sir, I've done exactly what you've asked me to do, um, but nobody wants to show up. 
And uh, look at look at what the servant says. The servant came back and reported this to the master. Then the owner or the or the master came to the of the house, became angry, and he ordered his servant. He said, "Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town, and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame." Now listen, listen. We're looking for the heart of God today. Hear this. Let this. This is going to be a refreshing message if you open up your heart today. Sir, the servant said, I've done exactly what you asked. The servant goes out and he gets everybody that he can find. He finds the people that nobody else wants. That's the heart of God, is it not? I'm so thankful for Jesus. And then the master told his servant, or I'm sorry, verse 22, the sir, the servant said, he said, what you ordered has been done, but my house, but there's still room. And look at the heart of God. He says this, he says, I'm not satisfied, basically. And he said, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. If you're writing down notes or if you have a Bible that's not your iPad or your iPod, because you can't underline your iPod, that would be rough. All right, don't do that with a permanent marker. Um, I want you, 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 you need to underline so that my house will be full. I love that my house will be full. And I've entitled this message this morning, Everyone is Welcome at the table. Everyone is welcome. This is the good news. This is the gospel message. This is why we sang that our chains are gone and that freedom is here. Is because everyone, red, yellow, black, and white, doesn't make a difference. Big, tall, small, round, does not make a difference. Does not make a difference economic status. Does not make a difference skin color. Does not make a difference any, does not make a difference whether they smell lot right, whether they have a job, don't have a job, can't get a job, just got a job. Does not make a difference. Everyone is welcome to the table of God. Amen? Amen. With that, let's pray and let's ask God to be with us today. Father, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you that it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Now, God, I pray as the communicator today that, God, you would take the words I'm saying and speak to all of our hearts as we are searching for more revelation from you. Jesus, I pray today that we would know you more. God, I pray today that if there, be not, if there be one person in this room, or maybe even listening on podcasts today, that does not know you, that by the end of this message, they will experience your love, they will experience your grace, and they will see freedom in you. Father, we thank you that you sent Jesus. We thank you today that everyone is welcome at your table. Amen. Amen. I've got a question for you. What, what do you see... When you uh, look at this table, what does this table represent uh, to you? Uh, you know, tables might represent um, uh, food, you know, how uh, I many I love to eat, come on. Uh, I don't know about you, but when I think of tables a little bit, I, I can think about maybe there was a, a grandmother normally uh, that could really cook. I, I had a grandmother, she passed away maybe about 10 years ago. Oh my goodness, granny could cook. Tom, am I right? Pastor Tom is my brother. Man, we would go over there and get our grub on. Oh, my Lord of heaven, she could cook. Right, you know, so maybe a table represents food to you. Maybe, maybe it represents relationship to you. Maybe you can remember just kind of kicking back the plate and just spending hours and you got lost in just conversation. Maybe, maybe I don't know what it represents to you, but specifically this table, um, this table reminds me of preschool. This table right here reminds me of being about maybe between three to four. And I remember um, I was at a preschool. I had no, um, I had no uh, desire to be at that preschool. In fact, I didn't even have a choice to be at that preschool. 
When I was three to four, I had puffy hair. I looked like Carrot Top at four years old. I'm not joking. Exactly like Carrot Top. No joke. And uh, so here I am. I'm three or four years old. I'm in preschool, not really wanting to be there. I didn't get to, cho- I didn't get to choose that preschool. My parents gave me no choice on what preschool I went to. In fact, all the other friends that, that were there, they didn't have a choice either. We were basically in this asylum that our parents brought us to. I am not bitter. No, I'm just joking. And uh, I'm three to four years old. And so, I'm, you know, I'm, as much as I know, I'm trying to serve God. And I'm at the preschool. Maybe you can relate just a little bit of back in your times when you were there. And I don't know about you, but the way I got through preschool and, and really enjoyed it was snack time. I loved snack time. In fact, you know, ever since I was three to four, I have grown in my love for snack time. Am I right? There is something that happens in you. You love snack time. In fact, I think it would be a godly thing today if we started to have snack time in every service. If we just broke it down right now, grab cupcakes. Now today we actually are going to have some food, but, but uh, I love snack time. I mean, I would get excited and get my whole schedule would be around snack time. And I remember this one exact time when I was three to four getting at snack time, sitting down. I'm anticipating the wonderful meal. I had, I had some type of cereal and a bowl. I had a glass of OJ and, and I had a, a fruit pack. You know what I'm talking about? Those fruit snack packs? Oh, you don't know anything about those fruit snack packs. And you know, even when I was three to four, nothing changed then that it does now. You always save the best for last. You know what I'm saying? You're always gonna, gonna choose the worst food item, and then you're gonna make your way, and you can always tell priority to people with what they eat, right? Well, of course, the snack pack is my prize joy that day. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm debating whether to eat it then, or if I should save it, spread it out over the whole day, you know, and just rub it in my friends, you know, all the other people that were there. So I'm there, I'm eating, and it's snack time, I'm enjoying it, and, I start to, I put my plate down or my bowl, I think my teacher did that, and then I have my OJ and I got my snack pack, I'm looking at it, looking around, and I'm excited, I'm a man on a mission, you know what I'm saying, nothing's going to sidetrack me, I'm at the table, you know, and uh, I'm there, I start eating just a little bit, a few scoops, all of a sudden there's some commotion from the hooligans down on the way, you know what I'm saying, they're distracting me from my mission at the table, right? So I look, I look over for a second, not sure what's going on. My hair is puffing out like this as I turn. And uh, all of a sudden, I look back, and I realize that my OJ is now gone. Now, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm scanning my perimeter as three to four years old. I'm not sure what's going on. Don't really see it anywhere. But I'm still focused, not going to get sidetracked, man on a mission, right? No ADD. So I just begin to pick back my, my spoon back up and I begin to stick it back into my mouth. And so then I start eating just a little bit more. And all of a sudden there's some more ruckus down the way. I don't know what in the world they're, they're not saved yet. You know what I'm saying? They're just dealing with stuff down there. And, uh, and so I look down that way just for a second, look back. Now all of a sudden my snack pack's gone. You do not touch my snack pack. You do not touch a man's snack pack. Am I in the right church this morning? You know what I'm talking about? Come on. You do not touch my snack pack. So now I'm upset, you know. I'm about three feet tall, by the way. My hair is probably taller than my body. Um, 
I'm about three feet tall. Now I get up from my table and I'm ready to pounce on somebody. You know what I'm saying? Something is going down at the preschool that day. I stand up. I start to look around because I do not know what's happening in my world right now. And as I began to turn around, I look everywhere. Now I come back to my table and now my cereal is gone. Then I looked down the other way. For some reason, that sidetracked me. Now I'm looking down the other way, and I start to count how many, and I see an extra OJ glass that's now drinking. I see an extra cereal bowl that was spilled over on the side, and I do not see a snack pack as it slipped in somebody's jeans. I know it did. I don't know about you, but when I look at this table, I see thievery. I see I see the devil at his finest right here. I see conniving little little people. It is not a good day for me when I look at that table. Now my question to you is this is when you look at the table of God, what do you see? In fact, when when people look at the table of God, what do they see? When, when the outside, if you want to call it that, those that do not know Jesus, when they look at the table of God, what do they see? What do you see? Because I know how the enemy wants to play in our lives. He wants you to believe lies. That's what he wants you to do. And he wants to sidetrack your perspective of life with Jesus. And I'm here to tell you that probably what you see the table of God as and what the table of God really is are two different things. And in the Bible, the table of God represents many things, but very simply, it represents forgiveness. It represents faith. It represents comfort. It represents peace. It represents fulfillment. It represents life. It represents healing. The table of God is welcome to everyone. Amen. And... And so we pick up here Luke chapter 14. And they are dining at a table. That's exactly what's happening. And it's not just anyone's table. It's like the man's table. I mean, it is a feast of all feasts. There could not be a better feast that's happening at, on the earth than at this table. And all of a sudden a man comes up to him that's sitting next to Jesus. And he understands a little bit of, his, of the old covenant. He understands he's read the the Old Testament. He knows a little. He understands that in heaven there is going to be another table. He understands that for all that call on the name of Jesus, he understands that there is going to be a Messiahship table. There is going to be a table that the Messiah is going to have that we all are going to dine at in heaven. Doesn't that sound good? Snack packs for everybody. And he understands that. And so just, just imagine with me there's this lavish table and this man comes up to him and says this. He says, Jesus. Man, if this is good, I can't imagine what it's going to be like when we get to heaven. Right? He says, if this is good, man, this is awesome, grub, all this stuff. If this is good, I can't imagine what it would be like in heaven. And then Jesus goes on and shares this story to this man that I believe will bless you today. He says about that, let me tell you a story about the table of God in heaven. And he begins to paint this picture and he looks at him and he says, this story consists of a man, of a servant, and of guests. And he said, the man wanted to put on a banquet. 
And, and, he, and, he, and he said, he said the, man, the man wanted to put on a banquet. So he, looked, he went to his servant and he told his servant, he said, I want to put on a banquet, invite all the guests, get it all ready uh, so that my house will be full. And so the, so, the guest, so the servant did exactly what he asked. And so the servant went out, he invited all the invited guests and they all made excuses. Well, Jesus is talking about, for all the Bible scholars in the room, he's talking about how the gospel came first for the Jews and then for the Gentiles. But the Jews made excuses. But so he went to the Gentiles. Amen. Come on. If you know what I'm talking about, come on. Amen. And, and so and so he went first to them. Well, they made excuses. Well, then then he says about that. He's, Jesus is saying, get my heart for the table. He says, he says, listen, listen, listen. So they did. They made excuses. So then he said, I want you to get everybody that nobody else wants. I want you to go find the blind. I want you to go find the lame. I want you to go find the crippled. This is the heart of God for the table. This is the heart of God for this city. This is the heart of God for you. He says, I want you to get everybody. So the servant does that. He gets everybody he can. The servant comes back to Jesus and says, I've done what, you, what you've asked. I've gotten all the people that nobody else wants. They are here, but there's still room. Listen to the heart of God. He doesn't, he's not satisfied with just a few. He is not satisfied with, with 99 if there is 100. In fact, the Bible in another story says he left the 99 to go get the one. Because his desire is for everyone to be at the table. Everybody. This is God. And so he says, he says, listen, listen, I'm not satisfied. I need you to go out to the highways and to the byways and compel them to get in here so that my house will be full. The house he's talking about is heaven, so that heaven will be full. Heaven is only designed for Satan and his fallen angels. No one else. Jesus wants to see everyone in heaven. I'm sorry, hell is designed for Satan. <laughs> Remember, I got this at midnight last night, so just be with me. <laughs> Hell is designed for Satan and his fallen angels, nobody else. Not your coworker, not your boss, and definitely not your spouse, okay? I'm just telling you, Jesus wants to see everyone at the table of God, especially you. Especially you. Hear me, it's not past you. This isn't going out those doors of somebody else. This is for you and for our family. And this is the heart of God. And he says, so that my house will be full. Jesus is not satisfied until everyone comes to him. Everyone comes to him. Amen? Because we are welcome at the table. I have three very simple points today. And of course, in this story, the man represents that put on the banquet represents Jesus, right? He's the one that paid the price. He's the one that made the banquet. If I made a banquet, it wouldn't be that good. You know? It'd probably be pizza at pizza and... Some Caesar salad. Okay, good. One, one will be there. His banquet is faith, grace, comfort, peace, forgiveness, freedom. I can't, I can't give that. And so, so the man represents Jesus. Well, the servant represents you and I, those that have put their faith and surrendered to Jesus Christ. And the guests represent people that have not surrendered to Jesus Christ today. And so he is wanting to put on a, on a banquet and a table for everyone. Three, three, three simple things I want you to write down this morning when it comes to God's heart for the tables. Number one is this. Jesus welcomed everyone at his table. No matter what their background was, no matter what they looked like, Jesus welcomes them. He welcomed his friends. He welcomed his annoyances. He welcomed his enemies. He even welcomed Judas, even knowing what Judas would do. He welcomes everyone at the table. And I want that culture in this church. 
I want that culture in my life. I want that culture in my, my family. I want that culture in us. I want that culture in our city. Is that we are full of grace and hope and faith and love for people. And we are going to welcome them exactly where they are. Jesus welcomed everyone at the table. And Jesus is telling you today, if you're in this room, He welcomes you at this table. You. Man, that is amazing. Second thing this morning is Jesus wanted everyone at the table. Have you ever, um, and maybe, maybe it's been a while if you own your own house or if you're the mom or dad in the room, but maybe you could go back to a day when you remember when you had your parents as your authority. And uh, have you ever had your mom and dad or remember a day when your mom and dad was like, whatever your name is, they yell, it, they yell out your name and they're like, hey, we got uncle so-and-so. He's going to be over in 10 minutes. Clean the house. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Moms, have you ever done that? Dads, you know what I'm talking about just a little bit? You're like, <laughs> get crazy. Wash yourself. When was the last time you took a shower? You know, whatever. You're like, and then, and then all of a sudden there's that talk because they're kind of annoying. Maybe, maybe I'm sure it never happened to you. Um, but all of a sudden they're like, okay, I know that they're a handful, but we're going to welcome them today and it will be over in three to four hours. Okay? It will be over. Right? There's a difference between welcoming people at your house and wanting people at your house, right? Jesus doesn't just welcome. It's not like he's up on heaven somewhere going, well, yeah, I guess so. I guess you're all right. Could you grow a little bit more? Could you, could you figure this out before? No, 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 no. It's not the way it works. It's not that he just welcomes you and he's offended and having to get out of his way or any of that. No, no, no. He wants you at his table. He desperately desires it. In fact, he went to the cross for it. Amen. In fact, and you see this in the Bible. In verse 23, the master told his servant, of course, the master being Jesus, he told his servant, he said, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in. That word compel in the root Greek word is ananka, which literally means like out of distress. Out of distress. That's, that's, that's how we should win people to Jesus. Not because we're forced to or because our pastor told us to, but because our heart breaks when we see eight empty seats this morning. But be, because our heart breaks at the idea of somebody not knowing Jesus before they die. Out of that distress, we come to them, not bashing them, not hitting them over the head with the Bible, but loving them to Jesus and saying, man, I just want you to know that God loves you. He's got a plan for you. He's not done with you and you are welcome at this table come on that that's God's heart he he wants you at his table and I want that culture in our church amen come on are we not together on this this is and this culture will invade our city's culture I truly believe that I want this culture in my family I want this culture in my life more and in your life today I want everyone at the table Jesus wanted everyone at the table and I, God brought me here today to tell you Jesus wants you at the table he doesn't just welcome you. He wants you at the table. He is willing and desires to, act, to forgive you of your sin. It's not hard for him. He is completely able to do that. Third thing this morning is Jesus worked with everyone at the table. Oh, I love this. This is, this is, this is what's incredible. He didn't just welcome people at the table. He didn't just want people at the table. But when they got there, he worked with them. Think about it. Who was at the table? In fact, let's just take it even a step further. What was the last thing Jesus did with his boys before he went to the cross for our sin? He got together at a table. We call it the Last Supper, right? 
You know who's at that table? <laughs> Judas. Jesus worked with everyone at the table. Thomas doubting, you know, never gave up on Thomas. Loving, full of faith. Peter's the best. I mean, think about it. I mean, he knew that Peter would, would, would deny him three times. He told him that. Uh, remember, remember when the Roman soldier comes up to Jesus? And he comes up to him and, he, and, and, and they're about to arrest him. And Peter gets upset. He lops off his ear. How many of you would probably, you know, if one of my youth leaders came in here and lopped off somebody's ear, I probably wouldn't have them as a youth leader anymore. You know what I'm saying? I'd probably have a few parents that might have some issues with his leadership ability. Right? Right? That probably would happen. You know? And what does Jesus do? He picks up the ear, amazingly, supernatural, heals him. And, and, you know, and almost with no words, he just looks at Peter and just says, man, I'm not done with you, Peter. In fact, you're going to be the rock. I'm going to build my church on. Because I'm, I'm going to work with you. How many Peters are in this place? Come on, probably all of us. We've fallen short. We, we've made mistakes. And can I tell you, listen, church, this is the culture that I want to see our church at. This is the culture that I believe that, 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 that people are going to flock to our church for. It's the gospel. It's, it's, it's the gospel back to the simplicity of Bible is that we would be a church that works with people. Man, it's so quick, and I, and I know this because I've lived it myself. You look on Facebook, and, and I, I see this with students, or I see this with adults, where they just get saved. And, and, and you know, the thing with our, with, with our technology now is that now, that we, now we process online, don't we? You know how it used to be back in the day? I know you know. For some, well, some of you know. I, I was talking to our students this week. They had no idea what I was even talking about. I said, there was a day when cameras weren't digital. There was a day where we actually didn't have iPhones, too. And there wasn't cameras on that. You know what I'm talking about? What did you have to do? You had to go get a roll of film, right? You had to, it could get stuck in the camera, right? You know what I'm talking about. You probably still have one of those cameras. You go try to pawn it right now, you get 50 cents and a slap on the back, you know? You, you pay $400 for that thing, you know, however long ago. And what happened? You put the roll of film in, you took pictures, you could not see it automatically, right? I mean, you actually had to think when you were taking images, you know what I'm saying? Then you had to finish the roll of film, then you would have to go down to, Eckerd was back in the day, or whatever, you know what I'm talking about? I just dated myself slightly. Um, and uh, you would have to, you would turn it in, and then it would go into a dark room, and it would what? It would process, Right? There was a dark room where it was allowed to process in order to get the image. You know, our, our generation, our technology doesn't allow people to process. And my fear is that the church will, can do the same thing. And I want you to know this is a church that, welcome, that works with people in the midst of whatever you're going through today. Never, never hear the lie of the enemy that when you make a mistake that, you know what, that church isn't going to accept me. I can't talk to somebody. I can't go talk to my small group leader. I can't do that. I've got to excommunicate myself. There's no way. Nobody's going to accept me. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You are welcome. And Jesus wants to work with you. You know, I was just thinking, I remember, I remember being 15 years old. And I remember completely having no issue. And in fact, I completely agreed with the... I remember being 15. I got saved at about 12 years old. And I remember being, honestly, I'm just being, I'm being real with you. There was a moment in my life where I was like, I don't care what the pastor says. I don't care what that, that doesn't make sense to me. But you know what? I didn't put it on Twitter. And I didn't put it on Facebook. And you know what? And I had people around me that just allowed me to process. They didn't set me aside because I didn't get it. 
God has revealed to me that that, that, that is wrong uh, in, in every single way. But, but I had to process. And if people weren't around me to bring grace into my life and speak faith and hope and bring correction and bring the word, right, I would have never made it. I'm so thankful that somebody allowed me to process. And now with Facebook, it's so easy, man. And I just want to challenge you. Don't process on Facebook. Don't do that, man. Pro- like, your, your story and your life is too important. It really is. And, you, and what God wants to do in your influence, it, I, I can tell when somebody says something really dumb on Facebook, I just, I automatically, I, I normally pray for them because I'm so sickened at the idea that the reason why they, reason why they said something like that is because they think nobody's going to listen. Because if they really thought that they had influence, they would never have said something like that for other people to see. Come on, believe a bigger God about, about God and yourself. Your Facebook and your Twitter, your media should be a ministry that God uses, not an outlet for counseling to the middle of nowhere. Amen? And Jesus, God is telling you today, hear me, he's not giving up on you. He is not giving up on you. I don't know what you're going through today. Pastor Tom, if you can come to the keys. I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what, I don't know what, what you might, might have done wrong. There might be stuff that your spouse doesn't even know about. I'm here to tell you, Jesus never left. He never left. He's not scared of your sin. He's not shaking in his boots. No, no, he bore all of your sin to the cross. And he's here today to tell you, I'm not giving up on you. Come on. Everyone, hear me today as we land this. God changed a flight, and he sent me here today to tell you, you are welcome at his table. You're welcome at his table. And, and listen, it's not a preschool table, by the way. It's a table of grace. It's a table of forgiveness. It's a table of freedom. It's a table of new life. It's a table of fresh starts. You know, the Bible says in Romans 12, it says, Do not be conformed any longer to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Some of you, man, you just need to respond to this altar this morning just to get a renewing of your mind. That God, you just, sometimes when sin starts to creep in and you start to begin to believe lies and all of a sudden you take on the personification of that lie, that's a problem. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus wants to set you free and he never left the table. And I love the fact that God is never going to give up on you. He is not giving up on you today. You know, the only reason why we're able to be at the table, but first of all, let me say this. We can't work for it. We can't earn it. We simply can respond to it. It does, it does demand a response. The life of Jesus and the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus demands a response from you today. It does. There's no way around it. Either you respond that he's not real, that this is all a fad, that this is all a fake. I don't think it's a fad when it's, when it's lasted thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And, and I know my personal life. Uh, I know that Christ is alive in me. Amen. And I know that Jesus is real. I'm here to tell you today, God is real and he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for your sin. And the reason why, amen. And the reason why you are welcome at his table. I want you to get this. Let this be revelation. I was praying this be revelation for you and I. It's because God sent Jesus to die for you. For you. There is no table. There is no grace. There is no faith. There is no comfort. You're on your own, baby, if this didn't happen. Because you and I know we are sinners. And we've fallen short. 
But God sent his only son. How many of you have kids in this room? Come on. Think about that for a second. He sent his only son. That's how much. And you know what he did? He prepared a banquet, which is today. You can start that banquet today. And you know what? And then he said, he, said he, he, he told his servant, he commanded his servant, which is me today, to compel you to come to him. You have a choice. You can make an excuse. You know what the thing is with this story? Is that all the excuses were good excuses. Was it not? I mean, they were good things. You know what that tells me? That tells me that sometimes good things will stop you from great things. Sometimes you can get wrapped up in good things that you'll never get onto great things because you got... Have you ever read Jim Collins' book, Good to Great? Good can be the biggest enemy to your great. And I'm here to tell you today, I don't know what excuse you might be able to come up with, but I'm here to tell you today, make no excuse and accept Jesus. Turn to Jesus. Fall in love with Jesus. He is in love with you. Remember, what were their excuses? One of them just got married. That, that sounds like a pretty good excuse. I mean, that really is. I'm busy. Hey, I just, I just bought a field. I need to, I need to attain to that. I, I, don't know what, I don't know where you're at today, but I can tell you right now, you have this moment. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. You're not guaranteed next week, but you have this moment. And Jesus is calling you to his table. And maybe you're here. And maybe you're here today. And you know what? You've kind of excused yourself from the table. You've, you've kind of found yourself drifting away. You've found yourself somewhere else. I want to tell you, Jesus never left. He's right there. And he's the same way he called you the first time. It's the same way he's still calling you today. Let's pray together. And let's ask God to speak to us this morning. Father, we thank you that everyone is welcome at your table. Jesus, I thank you, God. You died literally on this earth 2,000 years ago so that I could have a place at this table. We don't deserve it. We can't earn it. But we can respond to it. I pray today that Jesus, everyone would respond to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you keep your head bowed and your eyes closed all across this place? And The only reason I do this is this isn't a time to look outward. It's a time to look inward. And you're here this morning and with every head bowed and every eye closed. and You're here today and you want to receive the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Maybe you just want a fresh start today. I don't know where you're at. Maybe you found yourself distant from the table. I don't know where you're at. I want to tell you today, he welcomes you. Oh, man, he wants you, and he is not giving up on you today. Come on, I believe fresh starts are happening in this room right now. Every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, I want to respond to that. I want to accept Jesus Christ. I want to ask him for forgiveness. I want to, I want to get back to the table today. I don't know where you might be today, but with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to count to three. And I want you to lift your hand if you say, you know what, I want to respond to that today. Jesus, see my hand. God, stretch out your forgiveness as I lift up my hand. God, be with me. Speak to me. I need you today. If that's you in your heart, I'm going to count to three. I want you to lift up your hand. No one looking around. One, two, Three, if that's you, lift your hand. I see those hands. Nobody looking around. This isn't to embarrass anybody. It's not to put you on a pedestal. Anyone else? I want to give you another seven seconds. I believe this is the biggest decision you're going to make. We're going to have some fun, and we're going to eat some food in just a little bit. But you're making the biggest decision. Anyone else? I'm going to give you five more seconds today. Five, 
four, come on, you can respond to Jesus. Three, two, one. Amen. I want you to do something. If everybody could, can you pull out your connection card this morning? And if you lifted your hand, you can also put prayer requests. And we are going to give our tithes and offerings in just a second. But if you lifted that hand, I'm going to say a prayer with you that I believe is going to start a journey with you and Jesus. I'm going to help. And as long as you say with all your heart, this is going to start the journey with Jesus. But I would like you to put, I would like info about becoming a follower of Jesus. Right there and there, there's no room at this altar. This is basically the way that you can make a decision. Even if you didn't raise your hand, you say, I want more info about that. I'd like somebody to call me. I'd like somebody to pray with me. I'd like, I'd like some further information with my life with Christ. I want you to take a second right where you are and go ahead and fill that out. You can also put prayer requests, and then we're going to drop it in the offering bucket in just a second. There were multiple hands that went up. Can we put our hands together and welcome them into the family in just a second? Come on, it's awesome. Amen. Amen. Let's all pray this together, and especially those that lifted your hand or if you're listening on podcasts. Let's pray this prayer together. Say this. Say, Father. Father. I recognize today today that you are God God. and I'm not. I also recognize today that I am a sinner. I've fallen short. I need your grace. I also recognize today that you sent Jesus, your only son, to die in place of my sins. Jesus Forgive me of all of my sins. Reveal to me anything that does not line up with your word. And I will follow you all the days of my life. Amen. Amen. Can we put our hands together one more time this morning for those that made that decision? Amen. We're going to uh, prepare our offerings, our tithes and offerings this morning. If you can get those ready. Um, And I want to give you just a second to do that. Our ushers are coming forward. We're going to pass the buckets this morning. You can also give online at orlandocitychurch.com. And this, at this time, you can drop your offering in, you, your tithe. You can also put your connection card of the decisions that you're making uh, today. And I want you to know that every single dollar that you give, your tithes and your offerings does not just bless you. I want you to know that. It's not only blessing upon your life, but it blesses 